So if you're following along with the news in our country, and I know you are, if you're listening to this show, you're interested in the news, you're interested in current affairs, you're paying attention to what's happening not only in our province, but in our country. And you are well aware that right across the country, in every province, um, we are seeing massive, massive, massive pressure on the healthcare systems. It just, I mean, it is. I don't care what province you pick. Uh, there were stories this weekend about Manitoba. There's stories about, you know, Toronto having, I mean, it's not, nobody's immune right now. We're seeing massive pressure in our healthcare system. And um, there's all kinds of talk about what are we going to do to fix it? And, you know, the typical response is spend more money, spend more money, spend more money. That's what we always do, spend more money. Uh, obviously, it hasn't worked because we're in the mess we're in. Uh, so there are other ways of doing it, right? But we have, and we, we talk about this around so many issues uh, here on the air, this all or nothing approach. And it makes no sense to have this conversation. You, and I don't care what it is. If, if you're talking about um, climate change, it's all or nothing, right? It's all or nothing in some instances. Well, that doesn't work. It's the middle ground. We are actually going to make progress. Um, and, and so many issues like that. Um, including healthcare. You take a look at healthcare for a lot of people in this country, the mere mention of any involvement of a private healthcare system immediately means it's time to go to war. Can't happen. Universal healthcare, that's sort of the bedrock, that's the foundation. We will not stand for any movement from that principle, even though even though it's already taking place in a lot of areas in our country. But okay, whatever. Regardless, are we seeing a change in perceptions among Canadians? We might be. We might be. The most recent polling on this happened late last year, late in 2021, by Leger Marketing on behalf of Second Street. The survey was done in late November, and it was found that 67% of Canadians surveyed support governments using private and nonprofit health clinics to reduce surgical backlogs as a result of the pandemic. So that's 67%, only 18% opposed that plan, didn't want to see that happen. 62% of Canadians surveyed think that Canadians should be allowed to spend their own money on the health care they want at a private clinic in Canada. 62% support, 27% opposed. So public perception seems to have changed. Will we see us move in that direction? There's a case to be made for it. And uh, the case was recently made by Eric Johnson uh, in a piece in the Globe and Mail. He's a Canadian. He lives in the UK, works in the insurance industry, and he's joining us now to sort of tell us what his take is on this. And um, it sort of lays out the groundwork for how this might be possible. Eric, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time. Hi, thank you very much. Yeah, taking a look at this situation, it seems like it's a non-starter for so many people. And then politically, it's also uh, seen as very, very frightening to even go down this road. We don't even seem to get started on this conversation in this country. Well, it, it's interesting because like, I, I grew up in Calgary and I've lived in the UK now for 18 years. And even when you, when you mentioned universality and that being people think that means it needs to be government run. Yeah. There's lots of European countries that right. have got a, Europe, uh, a universal healthcare system where it's actually completely private. So meaning it's privately financed, privately delivered, but heavily regulated. So, you know, you look at the Netherlands where you must buy insurance, but a lot of it's delivered by the private sector. The same thing happens in Switzerland. So I, I don't think this this binary we always think about in Canada, or we don't want to be like the U.S. I don't think we should be like the U.S. either. You know, <laughs> be, be more like Europe. And so, you know, when you take a look at it, and, and you sort of lay out a really good case in terms of how this would work. When we talk about one of the things we always talk about with backlogs around surgery, hip, knee replacement, things like that, and, you know, a way that it could mm -hmm. work, and it does work in other countries. 
Yeah, so like I, I just looked at you know publicly available data in in Alberta and Canada, and you know I think it surprised a lot of Canadians to know that there's actually over a hundred orthopedic surgeons in Canada looking for work, but wow. yet we hear there's not enough doctors, right? So that that's an interesting stat. We also hear that there's not enough nurses. Well, actually, forty-two percent of nurses in in Canada work either casual or part-time. So possibly we're just not incentivizing or encouraging or giving the work environment where those nurses might want to work full-time. So the, the example I propose is really simple. You've got a bunch of unemployed orthopedic surgeons who partner with Kaiser Permanente, which is a very well-known nonprofit U.S. healthcare provider, um, to build a, an orthopedic facility in Alberta that can cater to people who want to pay to get their care from Canada. More importantly, it can cater to Americans who increasingly travel to Mexico for care. But I think reputationally, people in America and even their insurers would send patients up to Alberta. But I think the most important part of the model I looked at is for every 10 surgeries that are done by this private not-for-profit hospital, the, the facility has to offer three surgeries to AHS. So there, you've got people in Alberta coming off the wait list by right. going to this clinic, but then you've also got AHS, AHS patients coming off the AHS wait list because they're being treated by this facility. The interesting part, and I think where, where we run into the resistance and we run into the pushback is, is paying for your own. If people want to pay for it, if we want to bring in people from the U.S. who want to pay for it, that's where the line seems to be drawn. Because we have a clinic being built on um, Enoch Cree Nation just outside of Edmonton. They will be offering, okay. it's a private clinic, however... Every surgery done in that facility must be funded by Alberta Health. So it's just another building, but it's, you know, and it's operated privately. But for them to do the surgeries, they have to be part of the public system. Uh, see, I see, I often struggle with this, that no one should make money in, in, in healthcare, and that somehow incentives don't matter in healthcare. So... When, when you read about the paper, I read the, the Globe and the National Post, and you see, you know, government struggling to issue passports, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But yet we think that same government should be able to fund, deliver, and administer all your health care. I just don't think it's possible. Yeah. You know, do, do, would we want to have the Canadian food service where the government runs the grocery stores? I don't think so. But yet food's really important for people in Canada. So I do think the mechanism and the incentives involved in a competitive marketplace do drive better service. And then you hear, well, they're just going to get really poor quality care. Right. Well, you don't hear people going to Safeway and dying en masse from bad food. It's, it's, it's a mentality change that I think people need to have. I think you're right. The other issue I think causes a lot of concern for people is the option of buying your own private health insurance that gives you access to uh, another tier of healthcare. You make a case for that as well as how that can work and mm -hmm. does work in some locations. Walk us through that. So it's interesting. In the UK, there's a... And actually, I, so I, I've got private health care insurance through my work here. I'm covered by the NHS, which is the national health system, very yep, similar to yep. what you have in Alberta. Um, my private health insurance, I, I bet my sister to guess how much it costs, and she guessed uh, 6,000 pounds a year. No, it, it's 600 pounds a year, which actually isn't a lot of money, considering I get next day access to any care or surgery, including cancer treatment. Um, but there's a much more affordable um, private health option here that a company offers. So if your treatment from referral from your general practitioner to seeing a specialist takes longer than 18 weeks, the health insurance kicks in and you'll get to see a specialist within the week and then get your surgery or treatment done. And that only costs $60, $60 a year. But that's cheap. 
right? Okay. And that's a sort of a, a safety valve um, type of health insurance that exists in the UK as well that I, I, I don't think most Canadians would have a problem with. Do you see the emergence of a quote-unquote two-tier system where people like you who've gone and bought mm-hmm. the additional assurance and like you say you you know you have access to same day medical appointments or next day are people who aren't able to afford that did they find themselves languishing and waiting for a week to see a gp in the uk um yes like the, the the public system wait lists are long but they're not nearly as long as as canada so one example would be you know um most patients in the uk can see their their general practitioner within a week and every single person in the UK by law and by right has access to a family doctor. Okay. Most Canadians right now I'm hearing that in BC over 900,000 people don't have access to a family doctor. No, so you're you're right. Yeah. It, it, it's not a cure all, but it but it but it does serve as a safety valve. You know what, Eric, we already have you know, a lot of private health care. I mean, we've got this sort of understanding or this belief that we have universal health care, and we do up to a point, but then all kinds of things that are health care, uh, you're allowed to go out and get private insurance for, and we all get them through our employer and That's things true. like that. You know, yeah, so for, for physiotherapy or prescription prescriptions, drugs, or right? you... there's cover for that. So, I mean, the system in a way already exists. This would just be expanding it, correct? Yes. It's an interesting case, and I think a lot of people are sort of uh, starting to warm up to it quite a bit. Eric, thank you so much for uh, starting the conversation for us. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. That's Eric Johnson, who's a Canadian living in the UK, working in the insurance industry, which uh, one of you pointed out, saying that, um, you know, he's insurance, so he stands to benefit. Possibly. Yeah, sure, okay. Does that mean we reject his viewpoint out of hand? No, of course not. I mean, there are some of the points that he's making. You know, we, we, we talk about universal health care and, you know, would you call Australia and the UK and Germany and the Netherlands somehow less socialist in their approach than Canada is? I mean, if you talk about universal health care systems, NHS, the national health care system in Great Britain, is held up as sort of the gold standard. It's the runaway winner in international surveys of healthcare, uh, year after year after year after year, they have this component added to it. Does it make their system better? He said he lives there. He's part of the universal healthcare system, just like everybody else in Britain. But he also has that added private insurance that he's gone out, bought on his own, and gives him access to different components of the healthcare system. Is that something? Is that something we should at least entertain the thought of in this country? Is there a way of doing this that doesn't make it the destruction of public health care and we're going to end up like the United States? Can we take a look at these other countries and say, okay, what are they doing? What's working? What isn't? I think maybe it's time.